the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. Whether single or married, as Christians devoted to the cause of Christ, we have an innate desire to serve God with our whole hearts. Christian singles are open to complete devotion to God, while married couples are continually challenged to maintain the right balance between their responsibilities to their loved ones and their devotion to Almighty God. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander gives us spiritually sound insights. Then the devil left him. Now let me tell you something. There's something in that when the devil leaves you, he is never gone for good. Oh, he's gone. I, I said, away with you. Hey, you, are you kidding yourself? He may be gone for that day. Sometimes it's just three hours. <laughs> but he's coming back, and he's coming back because he lost that first round with you. But let me tell you, that devil coming the next round, the next round, the next round. Don't you pull off your boxing glove spiritually. You, gotta, you got to be on the defense you, you got an Andy offense. You know, you have to drive defensively. You, know, you heard of the defensive driving? You know, in anticipation what that other driver is going to do when you're driving. That's what you got to do. You have to fight Satan defensively. Know his strategy. And then you need to be offensive. Before he come at you, go at him. That's right. Be aggressive with that devil. See, so then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Allow me to say this as well. We gain victory over temptation if we would only learn to run from it quickly. Huh? We will gain victory over temptation if we would only learn to run from it quickly. As in the case of Joseph found in Genesis 39, 7 through 12. You'll see an account where this servant of God ran from sin. Look at Genesis 39, 7 through 12. Genesis 39, have your Bibles. Please turn there because it is a powerful, one of the most powerful passages when it comes to running from sin and trouble and women. A whole lot of men have gotten themselves in trouble because they didn't run from that woman. That's right. Or that woman didn't run from that man. That's right. You'd, be, you'd have less trouble today. Some of y'all in a mess today because you didn't have the spiritual sense enough to run 30 years ago. You were blinded by looks and beauty and possessions. And that person was absolutely trouble in your life. We gain victory over temptation if we would only learn to run from it quickly, as in the case of Joseph. In, in Genesis 39, 7 through 12, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, oh, you lie with me. The woman was in heat over Joseph. She should have been saying that to, to Mr. Potiphar. 
And a whole lot of you should be saying that to your spouse, right? Say amen. amen. But, but underline this in verse 8, but he refused. You need to underline that. How many times have you had a, a temptation of your weakness? You know, Satan's not going to tip you with stuff you don't like. He knows what every one of our uh, weaknesses are, and he knows how to push your button. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. In other words, Mr. Potter, words, Mr. Potter trusted Joseph. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. He didn't tell me I could have you. And if he, and if he told me, I wouldn't take you because I'm not sinning against God. Huh? You see that? Uh, but you, because you are his wife. Hey, how many of you was, you, you, you who are not married, you won't engage in premarital sex because the person you messing with and laying with is not your husband and it's not your, or it's not your wife. I can't, I can't lay with you. I can't be funneling around with you. I can't put myself in the go mode sexually. Excuse the English. You ain't my husband. And you ain't my wife. How many of you had you predetermined to save yourself? Would have saved yourself a lot of trouble and child support. <laughs> And attorney fees, <laughs> unnecessary headaches, and baby mama drama. <laughs> because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? Do you realize sexual sin is a great wickedness? Hey, we don't call it that. It is a great wickedness. Wickedness. You flirting with somebody that's, that you're not married to, you're in great wickedness. You looking at porn, you, you engaging in sex with the technology, grave wickedness and sin against God. Wow. And sin against God. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was... Mrs. Potiphar spoke to Joseph, underline this, day by day. You know what Satan wants to do? When he knows your weakness, what he does, he don't just come now and then. I mean, he, he pounds you. Boom, I'm going to come at you again. I'm going to come at you again. I'm gonna, day by day, she was harassing this man to lay with him. That, that he did not heed her. He didn't listen to her to lie with her or to be with her. Hey, man, say what you want, men. What you want, man. Say it again. What you want, Given this situation by a beautiful specimen of a woman. I mean, she's fine. She's looking good. She got that nice perfume. <laughs> that Avon. I'm saying Avon. What, what, come on, call those names. Uh, what's those other ones? I want to... Chanel. Chanel. 
sitting up all the places, got the candles, the scent candles. And by the way, you're out of town in your own business. And that pretty little thing stroke your hand and come across your face and say, you sure is pretty and handsome. You want some of what I got? I want to know, hey, man, would you take it? You don't have to answer that now. I don't want you lying in the house of God. So it was that she spoke to Joseph day by day by day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with that woman who was not his wife. But it happened about this time, verse 11, when Joseph went into the house to do his work of Mr. Potiphar, and none of the men of the house was inside. See, Satan's an opportunist. He knows how to set that time up just right when you think no one is looking. Verse 12, she caught him by his clothes, saying, in other words, I can't take it. You're going to lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled outside. Let me tell you something. Getting outside of the house can be the safest place. Getting out of that office. Getting out of that office. Get outside. Run outside. Cry for help. Hey, somebody, I need help. Getting weak. Facebook a friend and say, help. Gain spiritual wisdom as to God's requirements for Christian men and women who choose singleness. Singles who desire to marry and criteria for future spouses, parents, and children. Trusting God, obeying Him in all things, no matter what. Meditating on His Word, fasting, and praying without ceasing gives us discernment in every aspect of our lives, saving us from the penalty of sin now and for generations to come. Over temptation, playing in the enemy's camp of flirting with sin. Like Joseph, we must flee from sin and evil. We must flee, like Joseph, from sin and evil. My friend, be alert. If you fall once, it is possible to fall into the same sin again. You, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to relapse again into what you were delivered from, the same sin again, which results in greater discouragement and de- depression. You know, have you ever been tempted and you were delivered from it? Or have you ever fallen into the sin that you were, that tempted you and you yielded and you repented of it and you haven't done it in a long time? 
time and you think you got that thing under control because it's been 10 years now since you made that mess. Don't you fool yourself. That devil is still a devil. And what he wants to do is relapse you into that same sin to bring about greater discouragement and depression. That's why 1 Peter 5 says, be sober, be vigilant, be alert, you know, because your adversary, who's the adversary? The devil. He walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to consume you. He wants to destroy you. My friend, Satan is a devil and you're authorized to hate him. He is not your friend. He's your arch enemy. He's your arch enemy. You see, the reason resisting temptation is so critical, the reason resisting temptation is so critical is because life is too short, the world is too dangerous, and the devil is too busy. The reason resisting temptation is so critical It's because life is too short, the world is too dangerous, and the devil is too busy. Many who are entangled in this world system are in a lifetime of recovery because of the devastating consequences of sin. There are people under my voice, by radio, by television, You're in recovery right now. I got family members who are still in recovery. I got siblings who are still in recovering from taking that first uh, sniff of marijuana or that first shot of crack. And here they are in their 50s still trying to get it together from that first offer that they thought they could handle. Take your children's education. Steal from your mama. Huh? Sell your body to get some crack. In recovery. A lifetime of recovery. You see? Within, listen to me, listen to me closely. Within each of us. Say each of us. Now say within me. Within me is a potential of relapsing back into the same sin that you were delivered from. Whatever that is. All have sinned and you've come short, including me, of the glory of God. And whatever you've been delivered from, you know what that is. The potential of relapsing back into that same sin is just very real. And I'm going to tell you something else. And there is no guarantee that we will be afforded another opportunity to recover. That's the sad thing about it. Just because you recovered once, once you fall, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, that you will recover again. As a matter of fact, that next time around, you may send yourself to death. It is possible to do that. You fell back in it and now it has overcome you to the point of death. That's what young folk, the greatest thing you can do is listen to your parents, listen to your preach, listen to the preacher, listen to your Sunday school teacher, vacation Bible school teachers and run from temptation. 
as in the case of Samson in Judges chapter 16. Read that account. I don't have time to read it now. Samson kept flirting with sin, kept messing with that woman Delilah, and kept messing with her and play, let her play around with him and kept playing games with her until God just said, I'm tired of you. And sometimes folk, Satan gets tired. God gets tired of our mess. He gets tired of us playing with sin. He said, all right, since you want to play with it and flirt with it, you can't leave it alone. I'm going to let it get you. And let me tell you something, when when God gets you, he knows how to get you. Here's what happened to Samson in Judges 16. Because he messed with that woman and wouldn't leave her alone with that Nazarite vow upon him, he lost his hair. He lost his hair. That's not why I lost my hair. But he, okay, don't be looking at me. You know, I still got my anointing. Okay, he lost, he lost, he lost his hair. You know what else he lost? He lost his strength. Lost, it was a bad day when you don't have Holy Ghost strength residing in you. He lost his strength. And man, when you don't have your strength, you, you subject to, 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 to be overtaken by anything. You know, you know what else he lost? He lost his eyesight. Kept looking at that woman. Got his eyes off Jesus. To God allowed him to be blinded. He lost his sight. He lost his sight. And some of you have been blinded to the point that you can't see spiritually anymore. You know what is he lost? He lost his freedom. Yeah. Freedom. You know, you can have freedom is not just being out of a physical, uh, uh, being locked up, uh, being out of a physical jail. You, you can be in a spiritual jail, yeah. spiritual incarceration. Yeah. And, and, and you can lose your freedom. Your freedom. What else he lost? He eventually lost his life. His life. Sin killed Samson. Yo, Samson was a strong man. Y'all had strong. I mean, this man had strength that came from God. And you can't be so strong that sin cannot kill you. That's all under temptation. Let me just go one more. I'm not going to finish this section. And uh, we'll take up next time. Are y'all hanging with me? Uh, uh, the next question in evaluation Do you possess a judgmental spirit or do you love people unconditionally extending grace and mercy toward them? How's your spirit? Do you possess a what? Judgmental spirit or do you love people unconditionally extending grace and mercy toward them? And that's what's choking the life out of the church and out of people and out of marriage and out of relationship. The truth be told, many sanctimonious saints are possessed with a judgmental spirit. 
child can't do nothing right. Husband can't do anything right. Poor wife can't do anything right. You know, the son-in-law, daughter-in-law can't do anything right. Luke 6, 37, verses 41 through 42 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Listen, the only way to live a productive spiritual life is to ask God to give within you a spirit of forgiveness. Forgiveness keeps a judgmental spirit at bay. Verse 41, Luke 6, 41 says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not perceive the plank in your own eye? That big old log. Verse 42. Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the little speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! That's the scripture. I didn't say that. That's the Bible. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. In other words, you need to evaluate your own condition before you, and, and deal with your own issues before you are given or afforded the opportunity to help somebody else along in their walk. When you thoroughly examine, listen, when we thoroughly examine ourselves in light of God's word, every time I read this word, I'm reading it for personal examination and evaluation. And many oft times when I'm studying or reading or even preparing to, to preach or just for personal edification, the Spirit of God so vic- convict me until I can't even go to the next verse, I have to stop, pray, and repent. That's right. And that's a sign of a healthy spiritual life. It's when you can so evaluate yourself according to the Word of God that you can stop reading right where you are, pray, and repent. You see? So when we thoroughly examine ourselves in light of God's Word, we will be less critical of others when we see how far short we've fallen from God's law ourselves. I don't have time to be judging others. I, got, I have too many issues with me. I'm trying to get me right. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me. Oh, God, it's me. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see, Lord, if there is any wicked way in me. In me. This is a soul-searching evaluation about me. About me. I, I can ill afford to be holding grudges against you and to be mad at you and pouting because of you. Because I'm the issue. When is the last time you said, I'm the issue? Say it right now. I'm the issue. I'm the Say it again. I'm the Some of y'all said that. Haven't said that in so long, you're coughing now. <laughs> We're the issue. Let me tell you something. A judgmental spirit will harden your heart toward people. If you keep that kind of spirit, you become hardened toward your child or your husband or your wife or your mother-in-law, father-in-law, whomever, your co-worker, 
another member in the church, or even me. A judgmental spirit will harden your heart toward people, and also people will become hardened toward you. That's the flip side of that. They get so tired of you being so hard and so just, every time they see you, you in the same judgmental state until they don't want to be around you. You stink to them. As a matter of fact, they become hardened toward you. They become hardened toward you. The spirit of Christ always extend love. The spirit of Christ always extend grace. And the spirit of Christ always extends mercy. Mercy. And then I say one other thing about this, and then we'll take up next time. The last thing I like to say is when Christians, whether lay or church leaders, whether a regular member of the church or in leadership of the church, sin against God or their brother and sister in Christ, after that person humble themselves, confess and repent, restoration should be the biblical response. Once that person confess, repent, restoration should be the biblical response. Galatians 6, 1 says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. In other words, don't kill a person who've messed up. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. In other words, you should treat others the same way you would want to be treated if you were in that same situation. Hey, if I was, if I'm in the situation where she is or he is, how would I want to be treated if that were me? And you know what? That does a tremendous thing in helping you to make the right decision about your child, about your husband, hmm? about another church member, about other Christians, about co-workers, about the saved and the lost. And all God's children said, Amen. let's pray. Pastor Randa reminds us that we must avail ourselves to God's word and live by it. We must look to him, the author and finisher of our faith, Satan will attempt to destroy us whether we are single or married. Therefore, we must continuously commune with God, focusing on what he has done, what he is doing, and what he is going to do. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.